Hi there, I'm Simon. I'm the founder and chief executive of the Care Leaders Network. I'm really excited to be announcing the fact that we are launching a new podcast series to our portfolio of podcasts called Building Remarkable Care Organisations. Now, as you might imagine, the, uh, the focus of this new podcast series is speaking to leaders of care organisations who are in the process of building remarkable care organisations and exploring how are they doing it? Asking them the questions to really get to the get to the point around how other people can learn to, to build remarkable care organizations themselves. So we're really excited to be launching this new series. So I can't wait to hear what you think. Today, I'm welcomed by Sarah Clark Keane and Chris Paul from Sanctuary, who've recently launched a project that they're calling Enriching Lives, which of course sounds absolutely fantastic. So um, Sarah, Chris, if you could uh, uh, spend a moment just introducing yourselves and uh, I guess give us a kind of a, 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 a bit of a feel for uh, Enriching Lives at a high level before we get stuck into the, uh, the conversation itself. Of course. So I'm Sarah Clark Keane. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Sanctuary Care and Support. Um, so... We've got 113 care homes uh, across the uh, UK and 650 supported living sites. Um, enriching lives to me was the one thing that gave us a framework, the thing that we could articulate what we truly mean by great care for really fantastic people and being people-led care. Great stuff, thank you. Uh, yeah, my name's Chris Paul. I'm the business development director for Sanctuary Care, which uh, means different things in different different organisations. But for for me in Sanctuary Care, it means that I I look after or work with teams that do all of the things that move the business on, whether that's acquisitions or improvements or something like enriching lives as a project that in that, that enhances the lives of our residents. Um, and I think for me, in a nutshell, enriching lives is about um, making the values that are intrinsic in the organization since we're a not-for-profit um, tangible and understandable to our staff to our residents and to their families brilliant thank you there's one of my observations of social care is the fact that there seems to be a really big shift around trying to move away from this solely con compliance focused mindset to to really focus on on the quality side of things um I, I, and i my my feeling of the enriching lives program is that this is all kind of part of that movement that seems to be happening within social care which is heading in a really really positive direction i think one of the one of my observations of almost like the difference between compliance and quality of life around enriching lives etc is compliance is obviously there's there's the standards that you have to meet to 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 appease the regulator, of course, but it's finite, it's limited. There's, 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 there's a certain structure that you operate within. When it comes to enriching lives and improving the quality of the people that you're looking, um, improving the quality of the life of the people that you're looking after, that's infinite. You know, you can keep going on and on, on and on with that. So as soon as uh, uh, Sarah and I were at, at an event together, uh, as soon as she mentioned the initiative, I thought to myself, that sounds like the great uh, a great conversation for uh, for a podcast so i'm really really glad to to have you both here today to have this um super timely and super interesting conversation oh well thank you it's it's a, it's a delight and it's such a, something that we're really incredibly passionate about talking about so thank you for the invitation great to have you on here so i mean let's let's get stuck in so chris tell me about um tell me about enriching lives and what does this really mean for sanctuary care 
So the, the best way to put this in context for this conversation is probably to, to, to just go back a few years to our, our previous brand, or more importantly, our previous strap line for Sanctuary Care, which, uh, and Sanctuary Care, I mean, Sarah mentioned 113 homes, but we've been going for over 20 years. And as I said, as a not-for-profit, our values are really important to us. Uh, we want to be uh, genuinely making a difference to people. Um, and I'm not saying that's that's uh, unique to Sanctuary, but it's something that we, are, we believe very deeply and is, and is critically important to us. But our previous strap line we recognized was no longer fit for purpose or challenging us or stretching us in the way that you talked about enriching lives being aspirational. And our previous strap line was keeping kindness at the heart of our care. And there is nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, a, it's a great thing to be doing, but we recognized that it was something that really should be a standard or a given. It's by no means challenging. It's a very low bar to set for any organization, let alone any that really aspires to make a difference to people. So, so the, the main drive for our rebrand and, and for, for coming up with Enriching Lives was just thinking this doesn't really fit us anymore. Um, not only did it not fit where we were as an organization two or three years ago, but it didn't fit where we wanted to, to develop either. So we, with lots of involvement and engagement across the business, landed uh, very universally in agreement on the phrase of enriching lives. And, and we loved it and, and people were excited by it. And there, there were probably three key things that we really, really uh, were, were excited about it or thought resonated with us. And, and the first of those was that it's aspirational, as you said earlier, Simon. It's something that we do now, but something we can always do more. So it's something that pulls you to improve or to, 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 to think there must be more that we can do instead of simply being something that is ticked off a list as achieved. We enrich lives, but we can always do more. The second thing we loved about it is that it isn't just for the residents, although it is for the residents, it also can be broader than that. So it, it can include the families. Um, it, it can include our staff, it can include the communities that we're based in. And, and we felt that genuinely reflected what we're about. We want to be a positive influence in every environment that we're in, whether that's helping the local community, uh, helping the family or, or being great employers for our staff. So we felt the breadth of it was, was much more um, suitable for us. And finally, we loved the fact that it is something that all of our staff could engage with. So um, keeping kindness at the heart of our care, again, great strap line in many ways, but very much is about the relationship between the frontline care staff and the resident. Whereas keeping kindness at the heart of our care is something that everyone can be involved in, you know, someone in accounts payable, making sure that the right invoice lands on the right doorstep at the right time, enriches the life, contributes to enriching the lives of that family that are, you know, uh, with, with, a, with a loved one in care. So we loved it for all of those reasons. But um, as Sarah said in the way uh, she introduced Enriching Lives, we recognised although there was a universal uh, agreement over it, there was no shared language or framework, no definition of it. And if you were to look at our website a few years ago, you would have seen some lovely words and they probably would have tugged on the heartstrings. But if you actually tried to define it, you would have really, really struggled. And I don't think we were alone as a provider in struggling to really define our, our ambition. But for us, we felt we really wanted to move on from that. Um, so we had a talk internally, Sarah, myself and a few others, and we did a bit of, of research looking around to see what kind of a framework could we find that would help us take something theoretical and make it very, very practical. And we came across two really, really good bits of research, one from back in uh, 1997 by a chap called uh, Mike Nolan, who came up with something called a census framework, 
Um, and then in 2006, a chap called Mark Faulkner, who came up with, who took that research, peer-reviewed peer research, took it a bit further so that this was something that could then be measured through a questionnaire. Um, and we looked at this and again, we felt this really uh, works for us. This really works for us. But, but it was 1997 and 2006, fairly old. Things have moved on. Certainly dependency levels in care homes have moved on. Expectations have moved on. So we engaged with the National Care Forum um, and with them worked on it a little bit more, um, engaged and found some, some uh, an external research company to, to update this research and do some work in our care homes as well as some, some research as well. And out of that, we came up with a, a framework that we're really happy very simply defines what an enriched life is for someone living in a residential care setting. So our staff have a framework to talk about, our residents have a framework they can understand, their families can talk to us in a way around that framework about what's working and what's not working, so that we can actually tangibly make a difference to people instead of having something that sounds great but is really hard to, to make real. So I think that probably gives you a good overview of, of, of where we started and the journey we've begun to date. Definitely. And so um, I, prior to the, uh, starting the Care Leaders Network, I used to run, run a management consultancy. Now, most of my, well, my team had come from, all run from running care organisations. They'd been in leadership positions. So effectively, they worked in a consultancy fashion. The consultancy, I have never haven't run care organisations myself, uh, the, the part of the consultancy package, if you like, that we focused on um, was uh, 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 focused around what, what we call cultural architecture. So What's your purpose? What's your vision? What's your values? Because it's the cornerstone for everything. You know, uh, it's it, it's the it's the north star. It's the thing that kind of sets the context for the behaviours and the and the mindset of the of the team. Um, and it's it's often underutilised. Chris, you you, you mentioned uh, having lovely words on the website that that that, that um, I can't remember exactly how you put it now, but um, sounded great. But they were maybe uh, not not meaningless, but maybe didn't have that kind of full meaning or that real resonance with the with the team, the residents, the families, the who, who, whomever that might that that might be. Um, so I. I love this type of stuff as uh, as well because that was a, a massive part of what I would do in a in a consultancy fashion, and I know from the people that we worked with are on those types of projects. Um, when it's integrated, when your culture is your, your your cultural architecture is kind of brought into reality, and it makes up kind of part of the DNA of the of the organisation because it binds people it brings people together there's that common um sense of belonging and, and sense of purpose etc um that's really powerful the way that that plays out in an organization it kind of adds to that magic we've all been in those care homes that kind of feel a bit dull and a bit lifeless and we've all been in those homes that have just got that real energy um in my mind setting up that cultural architecture it's it's one of the most important leadership assets that you can offer uh, uh, ever develop also a really important brand asset as well and i feel like that really kind of underpins the the energy that you feel when you walk into a into a great great care home so i have I have great admiration for you for going through such a it sounds like a really diligent process and it's such a simple opening gambit it's all about enriching lives but um but so important and so all-encompassing as uh, as well which i think is uh um yeah it, it adds to the to the impact when people can can connect with it in a really really simplistic uh, way so all power to you for undergoing the other uh, process in that in that respect as uh, as well so um so yeah i i think it's a i think it's a great thing and uh, something that i would advocate all care organizations to uh, to go and do to really reflect on your culture and 
what you stand for, what you stand against, what behaviours are you trying to drive within the organisation, et cetera, to, to try and create some of that um, organisational kind of cultural organisational magic as uh, as well. So, so, Sarah, I'm interested to hear your your, your view on, uh, on that as, uh, as well. Oh, no, because one of the things that Chris talked about was language mm. and actually being able to have a common set of languages. So actually, it doesn't matter when we're talking about our golden thread in the nicest possible way, which is enriching lives. So we talk about it in terms of our values, in terms of the behaviours that we expect staff to um, exhibit, right through to, well, actually, what are the KPIs we're measuring? So actually, it becomes that common thread, and then it gives us a common set of languages to describe what we're trying to achieve. Um, so I think it's it almost becomes the glue that holds sanctuary care together because we all talk about it in the same way. You know, we can talk very much about enriching lives in terms of an equality and diversity point of view as well. So, you know, when we talk about being open to all, that's exactly what we are. And therefore we can talk about enriching lives, whether you're from one particular part of society or whether it's an LGBT or whatever it is that's for you, it's so valuable that we are open to everybody and we enrich the lives of everybody. Yeah, I really, uh, you, again, you can really connect with that as well, which I think makes it makes it super, super powerful. So, um, so yeah, no, brilliant. And I, I think um, it'd be really, really interesting to get into the details around. So what would you say the, the, the key principles of enriching lives is and what does that mean from a, um, from a, from a service to service um, uh, perspective? So picking up on the research that Chris talked about, it came up with six um, senses. And we, we talk about the six senses um, that we would have to achieve in order for a resident, their family and the communities in which we work to have a fulfilled and enriched lives. Some of them are quite um, basic and you would just expect, but then as you go through the uh, continuum, they get more difficult and more challenging to achieve as a care provider. Okay. So the, the kind of the basic ones are about security. So the first one is security, receiving the care that our residents need to feel safe and secure. Um, the second one is about belonging. So actually, how do you maintain or create new friendship groups um, so that people have a sense of purpose that then they're, they're in their new home? How do you continue those existing friendships? How do you facilitate that? But also how do you help people make new friends? Um, and when in our survey, over 50% of people talked about socialising being really key, staying in regular contact with family were vital for three quarters of the people we surveyed. Um, the third one is about continuity. So moving into a sanctuary care home is a new chapter of somebody's life, but their old pastimes, their interests, routines and activities are really, really important to people. So Whilst it's exciting in a new chapter, we've got to be honest and say, actually, what somebody has done in the past is what makes them them. And if we're going to truly do person-led care, 
we need to know about that person. We need to give them the continuity that kind of continues them being kind of who they are and, and allows us to deliver that kind of person-led care, really. Um, the fourth one is, um, is purpose. So it's, it's being part of something really special, being able to, being able to take part in activities um, that mean something to that individual. Also that they've got a real purpose on their day to day. So we've got um, residents who have taken over the garden because they've had a garden before and it makes them feel part of the home, makes them feel that they are running the home with us because they've taken over the garden, they're instructing people, they're helping the gardeners understand what needs to be done. They have their purpose for their day. They have a reason to get up every morning. Um, achievement. This is the hardest one. Achievement and, and number five is achievement and number six is significance. So achievement and significance are where you get to the top of the pyramid almost, if you want to think about it as Maslow's needs. Um, that somebody achieves something every day, every week with the support of our team. It could be um, resident ambassadors. So actually they're there helping us um, interview our staff, making sure that they talk to the other residents so everybody has a voice in terms of how we run those homes. But it's about that kind of continuity of independence. Somebody has achieve something. We all want to get up in the morning, have a sense of purpose. And actually, by the end of the day, we've achieved something. Um, and that's what makes us thrive. It also is what enriches our lives. Um, and then the last one is significance. And it's more than just being treated with dignity and respect. It's about kind of people treating people as individuals without any assumptions. So that bit about, I understand who you are and what is important to you. And if we're really honest, what is important to you has to be important to the people that are looking after you and are helping you have that enriched life. Um, one of the statistics that came out of the research was 40% of UK adults said, that feeling significant is vital to their well-being. So in order for somebody to feel well, they have to feel significant and important. Um, so that those are the kind of the six senses. And I think I've tried to talk a little bit and I've sort of sprinkled a little bit as we've talked about what it means in the care home. But it's about being looking beyond somebody's physical and emotional needs to deliver that person-led care that's individual and tailored to them. You know, as I said, we talk about gardening. We've got an amazing um, resident who helps our maintenance man out, goes in the man cave with him in the morning, they have a coffee, they plan their day, they work out which tools they're going to need. That is so important and so significant to that individual. We've got another gentleman who, um, is still training the youth rugby team uh, in his local community, but he was, I've got nowhere to train. Now we can't create a rugby field in a care home. Gosh, I wish we could. Um, but we created, we took an, a room that we weren't particularly using and turned it to an indoor gym. Now it was for him to start with. Now 
I think there's about 15 of the residents that use it, our staff use it. So just being able to see what was important to that individual and enrich their life. Actually, we've gone on and enriched 15 other people's lives. And the kids that he teaches in the community, rugby, oh my God, the, the impact he has on their lives is, is, is just so significant. No two people are the same. And that's what this is about. It's being really honest and saying, we have to spend the time. We now have a framework about being able to understand what's really important to you. How do you live your best life? It, whilst you were describing that then, I was thinking to myself, wow, this sounds uh, uh, so so kind of linked to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I sat there thinking to myself, wow, this sounds uh, uh, very, very Maslowian. It, it, the, the kind of the basic fundamental needs of a human all the way through to I think the top end is self-actualization or something along those lines yeah. is you know, so I don't think that it's really any surprise the fact that the the foundations are are so similar in in that respect because well Maslow knew what he was talking about right there's a there's, there's reasons why the, the the Maslow's hierarchy of needs has been so kind of well documented referenced and utilized in, in business and in uh, I guess kind of in psychology and all sorts of stuff like that as uh, as well so um the what the difference is, is in sort of in, in Maslow they're quite um or they do go into the kind of the emotional needs but actually what it doesn't do is then translate how as an individual I can impact another individual in kind of really quite short um opportunities yeah no that makes that makes total sense it's really bringing it to, which i think is uh, which i think is amazing so from uh, in, in the context of the the residents and their families what's the impact of bringing the enriching lives culture into the into the homes what does that look like from a, from, from an impact perspective um it's early days. Um, we're, we're, you know, we haven't been doing this for years and years and years. But the feedback so far has been has been really positive, and we're learning lots um, about the the senses and about the benefit for people. Uh, there, there are some things looking at the senses. Just picking up on on Sarah's uh, comments a few minutes ago, um, purpose and achievement are things that 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 certainly achievement are things that that maybe uh, people think are are not as significant for people in, in their latter years as they are um, in, in their younger years. But actually, that's wanting to get up with something, with a reason to do something in the morning is as important if you're 100 as it is if you're 20. And feeling a sense of achieving that is as important um, whatever age you are. So there's been learning for us about the importance of these senses to, to us. And I think in conversations with with residents, because we've got a framework and with families, it, it's reinforced the value of this. Um, and again, significance, as, as, as Sarah mentioned. But I think the key impact for residents and families is that from the beginning of their engagement with us now, uh, whether it's looking on the website or talking to the home or looking at our materials, they have a much better understanding of, of the value added offer that living in a care home can provide for them. So uh, yes, the compliance and the, uh, and, and the, the kind of basic uh, safe space is critical for everybody. But beyond that, because there'd been no conversational framework for us to describe what we aspire to offer to people, people are coming in much more informed about what mum or dad might benefit from during their stay with us. So that early information so people can see before they walk through the door what this might be like and actually this could be a really really positive thing this could be the best life 
that mum or dad could have rather than just a last resort that that's really helpful so that that's been an impact um and, and as we've said all the way through this we were really keen that it was so much more than the strap line that it really was a golden thread that ran through everything that we did and not meaningless so our, our ambition and i'm not saying we're perfect and we get it right every time is that all the way from reading the website or talking to us to walking through the door to moving in that they they find there's a genuine engagement and opportunity for their lives to be enriched um, so framework and understanding from the beginning and what we've done is from a process point of view uh, very simply is as part of our engagement process with people in that process of, of talking to us seeing if it's going to be a, a great place for them to be uh, we give them a an enriching lives pack which contains um it, it's kind of an a4 folder um uh, on the inside it's got in effect what we would call our pledge you know if, if you move into our home this is our ambition our pledge to you we want to enrich your life and actually this is the framework this is what we mean by we want to enrich your life we want to facilitate these things for you so there's a pledge there's also inside there just a quick um easy read summary of the research work so that people can read it and understand in a bit more detail what we're talking about um as well as something that we're really keen on one uh, called which we call one page profiles uh, again not unique to sanctuary but something that goes hand in glove with this enriching lives project because having the framework is one thing but unless you translate that into a simple summary of what that means to an individual it's very hard for carers to understand how they can support that individual to enrich their life so as part of that process of moving in this is the framework these are the things we want to uh, to do for you uh, uh, for your time with us what might that mean to you does it mean you're going to be training the local rugby club does it mean you want to be working in the garden does it mean you want to get involved in doing you know odd jobs around the home because that's what you've done all your life so we can understand tangibly what that means for an individual in a way that's really granular and we can then follow up in three months six months nine months in care reviews and meetings with families and meetings with the residents to see how well they feel we are doing or what more they feel we could do what's working what's not working and the final really critical bit of in that um in that pack is a questionnaire and i mentioned back at the beginning with the two bits of research so the uh, the, the the 2006 um mark faulkner's um development of this framework was to create a questionnaire again peer-reviewed re research so really really uh, substantial really credible a questionnaire that could be used to to interrogate these senses to see how well people feel their needs are being met and their the, these senses are being fulfilled so um when it's appropriate at a six month review or, or or once a year or whenever is going to be useful this questionnaire is completed by the resident or maybe the resident and the family so again there's the there's the framework there's the one page profile that then defines what it means for an individual and then there's the questionnaire that gives them a a moment in time opportunity to say this is how i feel this is going for me at this this moment so that adjustments and, and improvements can be made to that individual and up for us that's the most exciting thing it's by no means a it's a completely subjective measure because it's about how people you know it, it's not uh, it's not an overall scoring of the home it's a measure of how well that person feels they're being cared for uh, but a really powerful tool um that we think makes a significant difference for people um so we're excited by the questionnaire, excited by the packs. The feedback has been really good, and we do feel that it's giving, it's it's making that golden thread that's so critical to us just incredibly visible for people uh, in their engagement with us right from the beginning. What's what's really interesting about what you've what you shared there is the um, 
and you obviously this is a this is a journey this is an evolution this is something that's kind of happening in in real time that you're getting feedback from and it's it's early days as you as you mentioned but there's you can see how the the structure around this has been um set up in a way where it's uh i, I used to talk about so leaders should set up the context of the of the culture but it should be team driven and you can see how kind of the, the structure that's been built into into the uh this cultural architecture that we've been referencing has um being utilized to then drive those behaviors within the home from the team as as well and i the the, the there's so many different ways that you can do that there's so many ways that you can build that into systems and processes and all of that type of type of stuff but you can see how the kind of the different pieces of the jigsaw uh, are starting to come together and what it looks like today of course will probably look uh, quite different with how it may look in in 12 months but it's it's the process and the kind of the evolution of learning getting that feedback and then evolving which the the bit that um i think is just to put the kind of point of polarity and contrast around this if you if you're just aiming to be compliant it, it, it's 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 kind of it's, it's maybe it's not binary but it, it's it's very black and white and it's it's finite in that respect with this you can just keep going with it you know it's 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 endless you can keep striving you can keep learning you can keep evolving you can keep um really pushing the boundaries of what's possible for for the for the people in your care uh, and, and i think and i think as well the other thing we love about this is thinking of the questionnaire or, or the one-page profile is it allows us to be really personal with with people instead of just saying this is what we do to enrich lives and it's the same for everybody it is it, it can be a genuine reflection of what they like need or want so it might something that works great for one person might not work for the next so it allows us the insight to to, to have a better framework to understand what's going to work better for individuals to give them the best life that they can have mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Again, it's creating that kind of connectivity and just making it happen within the within the team, which is brilliant. So I, I guess like bring that to life for me. So how does the framework that you've built impact your your teams on a on a day by day basis? How does that all play out? We are still working through all of this because we are still early days. But if I can give you some kind of directional pieces. So We've talked a lot about it's the golden thread, it's the standard language. So when we are doing uh, comms, when we are doing training, when we are doing recruitment, that's what we are talking. So, you know, it is that common language. It's also really helped us have almost have a litmus test of every decision we make as a senior management team, as a middle management team, as the home managers who really, really truly run the homes. Um, is that decision we're about to make going to truly enrich the life of some residents, all residents, or just a resident? And if it impacts just one resident, that's great. But let's be honest and know that it's impacted one resident. But the important thing is it's impacted a resident, their family or the community in which we work. Um, we've. It was the theme of our conference this year, all about how do we enrich the lives what is it the part you play and we called it enriching lives together so what is it the part i play when i'm a frontline worker it's probably easier to see but when i'm doing billing when i'm doing um a supervision 
how, how do I make sure that those conversations are all about enriching lives? So what is the part that I play? Um, the framework has really kind of been able to help us explain, as Chris sort of touched on, what we do in a care home and not just to the people who are interested in moving in and their families, but to everybody. You know, a lot of people, unfortunately, still have the vision that they had of going to see grandma when they were six or seven. That's not what in a care home environment is like these days. You know, actually, I take my daughter who is eight um, to come into the care homes with me and trying to get her off of the magic tables, play with the residents where they were play, they'd get play go fish or um, trying to catch the fish under the pods because we've got the kind of the latest technology. She's like, no, it's all right, mummy. You can, you can go talk to that lady over there. I'm fine. It's a very different environment. Mm. And that's helped. And enriching lives has helped us to articulate that to everybody, whether they're where they are on that journey. Because at some point, most of us will have to think about either that for our parents. We should be thinking about it for ourselves. We should be being really honest and saying, what is it I want in my later life and making sure our family are very aware of our wishes, but we don't have those conversations. So trying to get people to future plan and think the enriching lives piece has been absolutely brilliant for that. But what's going to add some, um, the nuggets I think that we are really looking forward to are those surveys. So when somebody moves into a home, we've asked them to complete the one-page profile about how they how they want to continue. What is it they want to continue? What sometimes what is it what they want to start? And then when we go back in three months, go back in six months and nine months, we'll have something tangible to say, how did we do? And they are subjective. And when we've got residents with dementia, it's going to be even more subjective, but that doesn't matter. We'll be able to go, so you said you wanted this. This is what you wanted for an enriched life. How genuinely are we doing? And that's when the value is going to come in, in terms of impact on the team and impact on how we run a care home, because that will tell us, well, actually, um, the way you um, serve the meals didn't work for me. I'd like it done this way, you know, so people can really, and it will help us kind of excuse the term. It'll help us in the co-production of the way we run our, run our homes. We'll have a view from everybody about how we're doing. Now we do an annual survey every year as every good care provider does asking all the questions, but those are quite binary yeses or nos. This gives us tangible insight you know, the way we've tried to create the, the, the um, questionnaires on the three, six, nine month, it's a conversational piece. And actually, we can get the real gems of a conversation down on a piece of paper. Um, so that's what's, what's really going to start driving. But you can already see the bits where people are starting to think about, well, actually, Am I delivering a purpose for my residents? Am I delivering a significance? We, we've always done it incredibly well, in my opinion. Um, but actually, 
we're almost taking it to that next level. Um, you know, I would, I'd always say we were focused on more than compliance, but now we've got something even more aspirational to get to. The um, couple of things within that that I think are really interesting. So firstly, you've got the whole kind of quantitative and qualitative ele element, it seems, of the, of, the, of, the, of the survey and the process that basically sits behind that. And that just sets the context for how do we improve? How do we evolve? How do we, how do we keep pushing the boundaries? Obviously, this keeps coming up in the conversation, but it, it's about that kind of almost that stretch target. It's like, what can we do next to take things to that, to that next level, which is, which is super, super exciting. Um, something else that is very clear to me as well that um, from, from, from what you've both shared is the importance of the, the community around the home as well. I think one of my, one of my observations of, I can't remember how many care homes I've been to now, but it's um, it's definitely in the hundreds. Uh, I don't think it probably probably would have been 500 if it wasn't for uh, for COVID, but it's certainly um, uh, well on the uh, well on the way to that. And um, as 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 part of that, you get a feel of the types of things that 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 work. And I'd say there's an extremely high correlation between the uh, the, the overall quality of a home and how well it's um, integrated with the with the local community. And it seems like um, uh, it, just just part of the enriching lives program. That seems to be something that seems uh, that is part of that kind of orbit of influence, positive influence that you're looking to try and create with the uh, with the initiative as well. Yeah, very much. If if enriching lives is our reason to to exist, then that that applies to everyone that we come into contact with, every environment that we're in, um, and it gives permission to um, and direction. I think to to not just the senior staff in the home, but everybody, to be uh, not only considerate of the of the of, of the environment they're in, but thinking about how they can how we can contribute. Um, to the communities that we're based in. So again, we think it gives us a framework and, and, and a, a vehicle to be able to talk about this in a constructive way and feedback on it in a constructive way. Yeah, because one of the one of the senses is about belonging. Um, and you know, you have to belong to your care home community, but your care home isn't on an island. And therefore, actually, that sense of belonging is everybody around you everybody in that community that you've probably moved out of in order to come into our care home. Talk to me about happiness and talk to me about the uh, the emphasis around happiness in care and how you see that playing out in the future. Uh, yeah, that's that's a really good question. I, I, I think um, quite rightly, expectations are increasing. I mean, they always are. I remember my the first car I bought many years ago was an old Ford Capri, which I paid £25 for. Uh, it was hand-painted and it had half an engine. Um, and and I, I got it working. It was a fab car, brilliant first car to have. Um, but the windscreen wipers didn't work. Uh, so it looked great in the sunshine, but I could drive it in the rain and I couldn't for the life of me work out how to fix the windscreen wipers. But because it was my first car, I was over the moon and I was delighted. And this was a long, long time ago. So, um, you know, things were much simpler back then. However, I bought a new car, uh, much to everyone's delight, because my car was old anyway uh, in, in the last 18 months. Um, Sarah used to move me about it relentlessly, actually. And, and I, my assumption with this car, I didn't even think to ask because my expectations have moved on so much. My assumption was this will not only have windscreen wipers, but it will have automatic windscreen wipers that turn themselves on and off 
you know, uh, when it rains. So my, my, my expectations have increased, everyone's expectations increase, and that's the way of things and quite right. So we are really happy and supportive of, of people's drive to see standards and qualities improved. But this whole thing about the emphasis on happiness, um, again, we are really, we think this is fits hand in glove with that concept because, because we are really, really keen for the conversation around about care homes in the nation to, to, to change, to, to move away from simply being compliance focused to be a conversation that's about the value added benefits that a care setting can bring to the right people at the right phase of you know right time in their life. And I think one of the challenges of the, the compliance conversation, which is, is predominantly driven by the, the CQC regulation of a home and, and not in any way criticizing CQC, might just comment on the CQC uh, framework is that it was fundamentally designed around compliance, not around value-added elements of care. So yes, there, there's the outstanding element, but that's um, that, that's a bolt-on to, to the CQC uh, rating rather than the core of the CQC rating, which is about safety and compliance. So, but because it's the only framework that's in, 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 you know, in wide circulation and understood by people, it is the only lens through which many people view care. And if, and if you view a care home simply through the lens of, of a CQC compliance framework, then you're inevitably drawn to the rare occasions when it goes wrong and there's failure. And so the conversation, it, it breeds or it encourages a negative belief about care homes and, and the benefits it can bring to people. I was thinking the other day about there was a study I read back in 1981, I think, that talked about, um, by Evers, I think he wrote it, talked about um, suggesting that care home, care homes provided aimless care. That, you know, it, so, so there's this kind of backlog, this backstory we have about care homes being quite limited. So our hope for enriching lives and, and, this, and this happiness aspirational expectation and increasing expectations is that it will be part of nationally changing the conversation around care so that on the basis of co great compliance there's the belief that actually this could be fabulous for my mum or my dad this could be fabulous for me at this phase of life with these needs that i have this could really enrich and enhance my life and help me live the best life that i could so um we think this all is very much hand in you know fits hand in glove um helps us move away uh from uh yeah from compliance to enriching lives and ultimately, thinking of even the questionnaire, this is something that we will be exploring over the next uh, few years. Uh, we talked about it being used subjectively for individuals. You know, how well are we delivering care for you? Uh, we're going to probably produce another variation of this questionnaire that we'll use with every stakeholder involved in the home. So we can begin to create some kind of benchmark, which will be a bit more objective about how well people believe this home is enriching lives and what more it could do to enrich lives better. Um, and that could be the beginning of this kind of uh, different lens to view care homes for, through, which we are, we're really excited about. It's, uh, again, there's a cultural shift I feel that's happening, not just in a care home, not just in care organizations, but as a sector, this drive, um, and determination to be able to change the perspective that maybe the public, the media, the government have around care is um, it's it's happening. I feel like it's it, it's changing. Not to say that there's um, uh, not an awful lot of work to do in that respect, but each by almost creating this um, by setting the context with the Enriching Lives initiative, you're kind of almost empowering each home, each service to to be able to have 
to play their part in that bigger picture game of changing the conversation around care as well, which kind of a, a macro level is of, of massive importance um, when it comes to the perspective around care, when it comes to people's care decisions, when it comes to the professionalization of the, of the people working in care, the, it's 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 almost like the the order of magnitude the importance of the the program on an individual land at a, at a, at a kind of sector wide level of is 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 of so so much importance and i my part of my my aspiration we we, we call this podcast unlocking potential in social care um we, we want to be able to as part of the care leaders network community to be able to create content that is going to inspire people to to play their play their part in that in that shift because it it permeates every part of not just social care but society people almost i guess people people in the public uh, almost kind of forget the the important role that social care plays in underpinning society so um i see the big picture here and i guess i'm part of what i'm trying to achieve with this content is to be able to connect people with that almost yeah sector-wide purpose around the narrative of uh, of care and it's it's brilliant to be able to sit and listen to to both of you talk so passionately around how that's how that's playing out with with sanctuary and also kind of the the aspirations going forward so um hit me with the five ways of enriching lives within uh each care home environment okay so um i think first off fundamentally the kind of the reason for the framework, the reason for the six senses is so that we can improve the lives of our residents and create a challenging, but incredibly respectful, incredibly supportive environment in which they choose to live. Uh, it also allows something really, really important in a family dynamic. It means that sons and daughters go back to being sons and daughters, wives, partners, husbands, go back to that role. And that's kind of the fundamental of why we wanted to make sure that we had the kind of the, the reasons and the actual kind of hows we are going to enrich the lives of our residents. Um, back to those six senses, you know, security, belonging, continuity well those are the what's we do why do we want to do it because we want to give our residents purpose we want them to achieve and most important like all of us we want significance in our lives and actually if we get that right and we're able to articulate it out loud then people will realize care homes actually play a really valuable part in ensuring that people have lives enriched, full, exciting. Now, not everybody wishes to skydive at 80. Not everybody wishes to do um, bareback horse riding at 90. But if that's what you want, a care home can facilitate that. And that's really, really important to us. 
what a lovely way to to end the conversation. Um, I'm really glad that we 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 started this podcast series with this conversation. You you can probably tell this is stuff that I'm I'm pretty passionate uh, about as uh, as well. Uh, so today's been an absolute pleasure just getting the opportunity to speak with both of you today about how Sanctuary is enriching lives and the the, the program that you're putting together and the evolution that you're undergoing with uh, with your with your various different services around the uh, around the country so thank you both so much for your time today it's uh, it's been a, a really really interesting and insightful conversation for me and hopefully it'll be a it will be the be the same but also inspirational for other people leading care services as well to so think about what's how can they enrich lives and how can they how can they build their own cultural architecture and how can they play that part in shifting the narrative around around social care so yeah as i say this is uh it's been a it's been a really good conversation i'm uh, i'm really glad to have had that with uh, with both of you today well, thank you simon it's genuinely a pleasure to be able to talk about it so thank you very much yeah thank you simon.